0: we're now streaming live excellent so hey i'm bill gross and this is my weekly probate real estate call uh, i do this every week to both work with investors uh, wholesalers uh, real estate agents and to uh, help you either um, find probate real estate business i teach a class there's 11 different ways i've identified on how to generate business in probate. Most companies only sell on one or two, which is cold calling personal reps or cold calling attorneys. And while those are ways to get business, most people find that difficult, competitive in certain markets. There's actually nine other ways to make money. And my job is to help you uh, find the right path for you to make money in this and work together if we can. So, I'm a real estate broker here in Los Angeles. I work LA County intensely. I have a real estate company that I run with 24 members of my team throughout the United States. And I'll just share with you at the top of the hour, some of you are with real, with, uh, real estate companies. I'm with EXP, a couple of you guys are on here. Uh, today, I, I, I don't wanna make this a pitch session or a recruiting session, but I do wanna share, um, EXP is a publicly traded company. I joined and they're giving us stock and I started getting stock at 9.25 a share Uh, Today, the uh, stock hit $100 a share, closed about $97 and change. And I can share the money that I used to give to Century 21 or Keller Williams in the last two years, keeping a DXP in my stock account. Today is worth over $200,000. So if you're interested in creating more wealth through your real estate practice, I'd love to share with you some ways to do that. Again, that's not the purpose of the call, but forgive the one-time commercial because I do think this is life-changing money. I know so many people who've been in real estate the whole careers and end up with nothing. And don't let that be you. So either be on track to make a lot of money, or let's get together and make a lot of money together. Um, so I wanted to share any kind of an interesting experience in, in probate. If you have a question, feel free to raise your hand or put it in the chat box. I'll get to you uh, as we kind of get started. Uh, And you're welcome to unmute yourself and just uh, call your name out if you have a question as well. I'd like this to be interactive. And what I'll share with you, I've been in business a long time. I've been blessed to be, uh, really been blessed in this business. If I talk too much, I'll start crying. But uh, in in a global pandemic, um, my cup overflows with blessings. And my, my biggest challenge is how to help other people today. I put this call on really with my focus, how can I help you? How can I help the investor who has a deal and they can't get it closed? Or how can I encourage the guy who's been out there, gal who's been out there humping it, making phone calls or door knocking or mailing whatever and not getting the results they want, how can I encourage you to keep going or encourage you to go in the right direction where you're gonna find the cheese and find the gold? So my first coach was Zig Ziglar. He taught me, you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. I'm here today to help you get what you want. I really am. I'm not selling coaching. I don't have a program to sell. I used to. I'm not selling data. I have some resources I can share with you and get you a coupon code and a discount. I don't make any money on it. I don't have anything to sell other than I'm a broker. If you have a property you want to sell, love to help you with that. But I'm selling you on you. I'm going to sell you today on This is the greatest opportunity to build wealth in real estate in my lifetime. You can't tell I'm old. I'm 62 years old as of last week. I've been in real estate since 1986. More than most you've been alive. I've been in real estate for 36 years almost. I've had some ups and downs. I've done a lot of different things. There has never been a better opportunity to make money, whether you're wealthy to make more, or you're just starting out. There has never been a better opportunity than right now to build wealth in real estate. I'm here to help. I want to share with you one thing I want, want you to think about. Don't fall for people telling you they're an expert. I'm an escrow. I represent an investor who bought a property at probate court. This is my area of expertise. Of all of real estate, I don't know a lot about certain things, staging, I don't really know the high-end market that well. Uh, A lot of things I don't know, but what I do know more than anybody is properties that get sold at court confirmation in Los Angeles County. I've seen more of those than anybody in the last two years, period, end of subject. I've researched more. I have more data on those than anybody. That's my little world. When you come into that world, you're playing in my world. Now, I try to be humble. I don't know everything I learned all the time, but it's interesting. So I, I represent a buyer, there's a property being sold. It had been sold before we got there for, I wanna say, uh, let's just say for sake of discussion, $300,000 and my investor knew it was worth more and he bid it and there's another investor and they bid it and went back and forth and we ended up paying 337,500. For a lot, 659 South Soto Street in Los Angeles. It's a house that's basically condemned, or, you know, it's, it's a city of LA is fenced in, it's fallen down, roofs knocked off. I mean, it's a mess. But my investor sees it as a land to build a house on. And what's, what's fascinating to me is the other realtors always assume you know nothing. They're so used to talking to people. And acting like they're more than they really are. And so we get into some discussions on opening up the escrow. And the realtor is telling me what he thinks the rule is. Now, again, this is an area that I know the rule. And he doesn't tell me, he doesn't say it in respectful tone. Well, you should know. Might I suggest? Maybe we should. It's, hey, if you don't know, we get to choose this or that. And I had to say back to him. Listen, with all respect, I'm not here to tell you anything. I'm going to give you an alternative point of view. This is my point of view. My point of view is the rules say this. My experience is this is how it's supposed to happen. And this is what we're going to work towards. And what I want to say to you is don't be fooled by somebody who convinces you they're an expert just because they say they are. Look at the details. Look at how they handle their business. Look at their vendors. Look at their paperwork. How they do the little things is how they do everything. And the other thing I'll say to you is your goal should be to be an expert at something. Even if it's one piece of property. If you're on here and you're starving financially. I've had people who are working at night, you know, washing dishes. I I couldn't do it. Like that's what drives me to work hard so I don't have to do that. I admire the people who work that hard who come in from foreign countries and, and walk into a restaurant and take that job. I couldn't do, I never had to, I couldn't do it. I guess I'm too soft. You want to say that, but I work with guys who are that guy and they're making them more than the minimum wage you get paid. And they probably get cheated out of some of the money and they pay too much for rent. They pay too much for food and they're starving every week. Maybe they have family to feed and they're trying to learn real estate to hustle a deal and make some money. And they find that one deal. If you find that deal, then be the expert in that deal. Drive the property, learn the neighborhood, find the comparables, learn the history of the property. The the Whatever it is you are working in, be the expert in that. Too many people make it sound like in real estate, we get paid to convince people we're something. We don't get paid to convince anybody anything. You get the chance to talk to people if you fool them. We get paid the value we receive as a realtor, an investor, a wholesaler, or whatever, bird dogger, whatever you're going to call yourself. The money we receive is is a piece of the value we create for somebody else. You want to make more money? Create more value for your prospect. Create more value for your customer. Find a deal with more meat on the bone. Find a deal. Here's what I can promise you. If you're out looking at real estate today, you find a property that you can have in a contract if you're a wholesaler, and somebody can flip and make money on it, and there's real real profit on that deal, if you really know there is, somebody will pay you for that property and give you a profit, if there's money there. 100% guaranteed. And if you you don't think I'm right, call me, run your deal by me, I'll help you. Oftentimes it's you've mismanaged the property or uh, mismanaged the numbers, and there's not that much there. And you need to find that out so you can move on to the next one. But I assure you, financing is not an option today, Our problem today. There's more money sloshing around America than in any time of my career. You can have no experience at all and get deals financed today. And if you have trouble with that, come see me. I'll, I'll connect you to somebody, either somebody I know, or we'll find somebody together. I'll help you find it, get it financed. If there's a profit in the deal, but don't buy somebody telling you they're an expert and let that kill your dreams. There's too many lenders that I get on the phone with me and start telling me how good they are. I've been around a long time. I mean, I've been around the block. I've seen a thing or two. So you, if you can't answer a couple of basic questions, you know, I know who you are pretty quickly. And if I don't know somebody who knows you, that's rare for me right? And people pull on this errors in this game about all they've done. Don't fall for it. So here's what I tell you. Don't fall for somebody telling you they're an expert. And don't you think that's the key to success is looking like an expert. Be the expert. Create real value for people. Take the extra step. Make the extra call. Research the extra piece of information of the property so you know what's going on. That's where value comes in probate or any other business. Now, I'll say this in probate, it fascinates me how many realtors we have who take a class, get certified, and want to present themselves as experts. Anybody who talked to them, if they said the sum total of my expertise is a three-day class or a one-day class I took three years ago, well, let me ask real quick, who here is going to list their property with somebody who took a class two or three years ago, and that's all they really know. Anybody this call? No, no. Experts is, is, an, is an ongoing process. Experts apply some experience. Now, I say this. You can be an expert pretty fast on YouTube today. I record my calls. All leads.com has a great role play every month, a great mash mastermind every week. You can listen to hours and hours. That's what I did and I watched attorney's videos, and I bought a couple books. I went all in, and I went to court every day for at least a month. I'm not saying you have to do all of that. I'm just saying the more you learn, the more you earn. Want to make more money? See more property. Create more value. So in probate, when people say to me they want to learn how to sell more and, and make money in probate, Great, I'm glad to help. I can, I can help you in a couple strategies, but here's what I can promise you that strategy includes. Hard work and, and learning information. That's the combination. You gotta get some experience, learning, and you gotta put the time in on the task. That's what I do, that's what I did. I went to court every day for about, you know, until I closed for COVID for about a year, year and a half. Put a suit on, tie, and I was at court. Court started at 8.30. I was there at seven forty-five, because that's what it was. And I and I offered people free training to go down to meet me at court back pre-COVID, and people signed up. And about one third of the people signed up showed up. It was free. Made sure I charged money for it; they'd show up. And and a number of people never signed up because they said, "Oh, that's too early." Okay. Was it too early for me to be successful? Was it too early for me to make a lot of money? But if it's too early for you, then okay. And we all have our lives and families and kids. And I don't mean to be disrespectful anyway, but if you're not going to do that, what are you going to do? If I wasn't going to do that, I used to cold call for three hours a day. I just found going to court more productive for me. So my message for the day is don't talk about being an expert. Don't pretend you are. Don't look like an expert. Be an expert. Learn the material. Have somebody explain it to you what you don't understand. Don't try to pretend that you know you know something you don't know. Use the opportunity to learn, and the more you learn, the more you'll earn. Okay, Evelyn, you're a landlord and you're starving, uh, Evelyn. Um, you know, real estate in Los Angeles. Where are you at, Evelyn? Are you in LA, Southern California? Doesn't say. I'm a real estate broker. I sell multifamily houses if you want them. You know, I list them. I have investors who want to buy them. But man, and I don't think it's going to get better soon. I don't see it getting better anytime soon. I, I can make a case that could get worse soon, but I, I don't see it turn around. I, it's not just changing the present. It's not going to have anything to do with landlord problems in Los Angeles. we got other issues. Um. Okay. Bill, Bill, I have a
1: question for you. Go ahead, go. I contacted a lender today who, who does reverse mortgages, and I was very curious. And I asked him, uh, "How how would a you know if, if the home had to go into probate and it had a reverse mortgage on it, how would that play out in probate uh, court?" He said, "Well, first uh, first of all, a lot of times the families they don't want to act and they don't act, but right. the the lender he said the lender will know." Or whoever servicing that that person has died because the Social Security will actually contact the bank, and then he said he said um, you, he said that uh, they can slow up the process, but people need to you know contact and start dialoguing with the bank and also provide whatever paperwork. If it's a petition, you need to provide it because the lender has to know that someone who's responsible is acting on it. And that would slow down the process, but but he says um, uh, once that person um, dies, you got to move quickly, yeah. And uh, all the parties they need to be able to you know to to talk with with each other. And so he was very thorough, and I th- I thanked him for that because I needed someone to explain that process because I've heard you know uh, you know different stories, and so I decided to go ahead and call 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 someone who, who would know. Great.
0: Well, let me just change a couple little pieces, but thank you for sharing that. Reverse mortgage, for those who don't know, instead of a mortgage where you borrow money and pay monthly, reverse mortgages, they basically advance the money, but you make no payments. They just add the interest uh, to the bill, and then eventually you pay off the loan and they get paid. So they only lend a lower percentage of the value of the property than a normal lender would. They're very common with older people. Because they're more expensive, the interest rate's usually higher than a regular loan, They're typically for people who can't qualify for a normal loan, but have equity in their house. So you own a house that's worth a million dollars. You maybe have no income, but you can borrow money because they know there's equity there. So, John, one thing I would change is the lenders actually subscribe to a service with Social Security. So they're going to know when the person's passed. Gotcha. Um, And then what happens is um, they have an acceleration clause. uh, And typically it's six months. Uh, that they can kind of force the action if they want to, but they really don't want to foreclose. Nobody wants to foreclose. Nobody really knows they can foreclose today. Uh, they can, but nobody really wants to foreclose. And so the, the estate is going to end up having to pay off that reverse mortgage. And they can fight it, but they're going to pay a high rate of interest plus administrative fees plus legal fees Okay. Plus maybe double legal fees. They might to pay their and, and the other and the lender's legal fees mm-hmm. along the way. And so they are best advised if there's a reverse mortgage, you're not going to be able to keep the house and live there for free. It just isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, once mom's gone, it's pretty much over once that social security number gets updated. Um, and so they're best advised to have a plan of action in place. The uh, banks are glad to work with you as long as you have letters of authority. And yes. as a real estate agent, I find that the property is listed and I proactively keep them in touch. They'll extend and extend the time and work with the estate. As long as there's equity, they're getting paid. They do not want to foreclose as long as you cooperate with them. But when you try to live there for free and, and finagle your way in, the banks smell that a mile away and it gets very expensive.
1: Okay. Okay. Thanks. I'm glad I called because, because uh, he definitely educated me about, okay, this is the process. You know, if you're going to be the agent, you need to stay in contact with the lender and don't give generalities because they don't like generalities. They want to know, you know, do you have an offer? You know, what's going on with that? Well,
0: are you the agent of record? You need to get a listing agreement. You have to get the, the letters of authority, that, that they right. can, that they can sell the property, that you're listing, uh, or if they're in process, advise them what the process is of probate. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then we'll get that done. Absolutely. Um, Victor says, I thought only a family member can negotiate with the bank. Um, no, actually anybody with legal authority for the estate only a family member can't do anything until they have letters of authority. But if you're a listing agent and they listen, if they have a, of authority, and then they sign you as a listing agent. Uh, my experience is I call the banks, I send them the documents, they'll work with me because the listing agreement gives me the authority to negotiate with that with the bank. Um, as far as family members only, uh, it doesn't matter who you are. If you don't have the letters of authority, they're not going to talk to you. Uh, and they're not going to negotiate, they're going to um, either force you to sell or maybe work with you before forcing you to sell or you're gonna pay them off, but they're gonna get paid as fast as they can. They're not interested. Uh, They don't redo the loan. They don't, it's odd. You might think they would refinance or offer financing or have a special referral program. My experience is they just wanna get paid off. They're not really set up for that at all. Um, We had another question from Maxine. Are you back to cold calling for your lead generation now you can't go to court? The answer is no. Um, I don't cold call now, one of the challenges I now, again, I have built a business. I have, uh, seven pending escrows and two current listings. So I have an active business in, in, as well as I run a a good sized team. I have 24 agents on my company. Um, but actually I do this call. I do another call on Tuesdays. I do another call, uh, with another group. So I do three zoom calls a week to generate leads. And, you know, I've been around a while. I have a reputation. I have people for me business. So the truth is I have more inbound people for me business than I have time to cold call. So I I don't cold call anymore. I think nothing wrong with it. Um, Certainly when I was new, I did three hours a day diligently. When I relaunched my business 10 years ago, I did three hours a day diligently. Uh, But when the privileges of success is And and a good reputation is people call you, and I spend more time coaching my people and servicing my customer leads than I have to uh, lead generate. Uh, I go back to court again. I will say that when there's a matter involving court, I tend to go when other agents don't. And I look at that as an opportunity to both service my client and do lead generation. So, like last week, uh, last week, no, Monday, we bought a property in court. Uh, while most agents are a little lazier and on the phone, I went to court. And while I'm there, I met the attorney. And while I there, I a chance to share with the attorney what I do where other people don't. And so while maybe it wasn't worth the whole three hours normally, to get one good relationship with an attorney could be worth three hours of, of my time. So I would say to you that I use the court about once a week as my lead generation separate from people from inbound. Um, okay, Janet Banks says, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey, Janet, thanks for joining us from Louisville, Kentucky. I went downtown to the probate court to acquire a list, but they say I need a case number. What are the proper steps to take? So, Janet, I'll say that the process is different in every county across America. Uh, one t- uh, tip I would say is, first, uh, I don't know what county Louisville, Kentucky is in, but I don't think it's Louisville County. It might be. But I would I would research the county you're in's probate court and see what online resources they have. Um, and I find I've, I've, I have people, my team online right now from Northern California, San Diego, and I find when I go to the counties, we find some information is available online for free. And you want to maximize what's there for free to begin with. Normally, uh, I, I know that I hear on training calls, oh, go into the court and talk to the probate court person and they'll they'll just you know give you everything rainbows and unicorns that's not the case in LA I can't I can't speak for Louisville but but LA it's like the DMV they don't want to see you there the sooner you're gone the happier they are then go back to not working they're going to give you whatever they have to give you okay so (laughs)
2: LA is like look there's no such thing as famous. Nobody give a damn about nobody. Ain't nobody famous. L.A. don't care. It's real here. And that's what you're going to get going to any kind of
0: bureaucracy. They're overpaid. They don't
1: give a damn about they're you.
0: Underpaid. <laughs> they're underpaid. They're overworked. And it's your fault for asking a question. So you better have that's your paper straight up ready to go. I can't speak for Louisville, mm-hmm. but I will say, number one, Jenna, I would check online. I'd be glad to play around with you on that online sometime if you want to uh, set up a call with me. Uh, be glad to one time I mentioned in always learning about other counties. Number two, um, when I started, again, um, in business you invest either time and or money. I was lucky to have some money to invest in my business when I started. I don't know where you are. If you don't have any extra money, don't. But if you do, you might consider subscribing to leads from one of the lead sources. And they theoretically are going into your county and pulling the data either in person effectively, or they're doing it online and then sharing that with you. I use probate daily. Um, if you uh, want to text me, um, I can text you back a link that has in it um, uh, a coupon code, a, a link and a coupon code that will give you a little discount with them. I don't make any money on it. Uh, I support them because I'm a vendor and I like them and i like to see you do well. And also if you do that, you'll get a free book from my friend Kevin sales. If you, use my coupon code. So if you want to just text good stuff, I'm typing the chat box here to the following phone number 213-460-2577. I have on there the different meetings I do weekly as well as links to data. And I would say, try one time if you can afford it. Well, that came out all weird. Isn't that funny? Um, every time I do the There you go, 213-460-2577. 7, 7. You'll get back a document that has different data sources. Probably Daily is, uh, the, I think, the cheap alternative, as well as a coupon there for a discount, as well as a book. So I would say either buy the data or do some research online, and Janet, if you want. Also, on my good stuff, you can book a, a call with me for 15 minutes. I'd love to learn a little bit about Louisville, Kentucky, myself. So I hope that helps you out a little bit. Um, okay. Jefferson County. Okay. There you go. We learned a little bit. Louisville is in Jefferson County, everybody. Uh, so again, I would Google Jefferson County probate court, see what pops up. Typically the court, um, uh, has some resources that are free, uh, that will have you, maybe the calendar, maybe a document listing the cases. Uh, and then again, I would, if I don't get anything there, I might consider. And the other thing I would do, uh, Jenna, are you a realtor or are you a investor slash wholesaler? Uh, hey, Bill. So I, I am. Oh. OK,
2: so I'm a realtor in Louisville.
0: I love the way people from Louisville say Louisville. I can just listen to that all day long.
2: Well, I had to learn that I'm actually from Georgia. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> you give us a Georgia, too. So good. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, your realtor, so as a real estate agent, I don't know about your MLS, my MLS. I can search for properties or probate, yes or no. And I can search for um, court confirmation, yes or no. So again, I can find the properties and learn that as well. And that's, that's another way to learn about your business.
2: Okay. Yeah. I have to look into my MLS to see. I'm not so certain about that bill.
0: Sure. Jenna, what company are you with?
2: I'm with Caldwell Banker. I'm with, I'm cheating on EXP. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, you're not cheating. No, you're welcome. I'm, I just asked. I'm just curious. I, I was going to invite you if you're EXP to an EXP call, but I'd say if you like I uh, might uh, if you text to good stuff, Uh, make a 15 minute appointment. I'd love to go online with you in Jefferson County and and help you and learn together what's going on there. So if I can help you, I would love to do that. Okay, I will Bill, thank you so much. Sure. Um, Sandy asks, what do you do to acquire probate leads at this time? Sandy, what, uh, Sandy, uh, Grant, what county or what area are you in? Well, I don't know if she's there to unmute. looks like she's stepped away. So I will just say, again, the answer is uh, depending on where you are, I would either uh, go online to the county and research what they have for free. Oh, Santa Clara. Santa Clara County has online, robust online uh, information. Um, so I would, I would uh, definitely um, uh, Google search Santa Clara County probate, uh, learn there. And then also, I know their data is for, sa- for sale through uh, Probate Daily. Again, text me up for the coupon code uh, and you might want to buy some data there. But what am I doing right now? I actually buy data from four different companies cause it's all a little different. <clears throat> and my business is all about the data and finding the deals that other people miss. So anyhow, um, let's see, Andrea. I sold a property, it didn't go into probate cause the deceased had a living trust. There you go. Avoid probate with living trusts. Wills do not avoid living trust. Wills are probated in probate court. Number one misconception. Um, she says, when family decide to sell we just send the mortgage company the listing agreement and they gave us 12 months to sell. Great, get enough equity. It sold in seven days at $8,000 over asking price, comp to property, good job. So uh, again, Andrew, I assume you sent them your listing agreement and or the letters of authority. Uh, and so they knew that everything's on the good. And basically as a realtor, some different forms, Those one document title needs to record, but it's easy peasy if you have full authority, right? Yeah, good. Well, congratulations, Andy. That's good news. Um, Let's see what else. Text good stuff to 213 460 2577. Uh, Grant, move to the gun. What's the value proposition to attorneys and potential clients? Grant Cox, remind me, what do you Are you an agent or investor? What do you do? Good question. Hey, Bill. Uh, Assumption properties. So you're an investor? I'm an agent. You're an agent. God. Yeah, we, we spoke two weeks ago, actually. Yeah, I know. I remember your name and I'm, I'm sorry. I just couldn't place it. I, I talked to a lot of people. So what's my value proposition? So again, I focus, you know, I'm in LA County, which is the largest or second largest probate county in the country. And all of our probates are handled in one court. So a little different in different areas. Uh, and I specialize in, I believe I'm the expert in properties sold at court confirmation. Um, I think attorneys, my experience with attorneys is um, if you pull the data of all the probate court, all the probates done in Los Angeles County, for example, 90 to 95% of the probates are handled by attorneys who have not done one probate a year for the last two years. Meaning they might be great attorneys. They might know the law. They might know what they do regularly on a daily basis. It could be divorces, contracts, whatever else it is, but they don't know the procedures of probate you might know the law backwards and forwards but knowing the law doesn't get your paperwork approved through the court and so what i the value proposition i bring the attorney is that um while he's scrambled for that guy not the top five percent who all they do is probate and trust and they have experienced paralegal different proposition to them but to the others my value proposition is i'm the expert in probate sales at court. And I can also assist them on avoiding having to uh, get it sold in court by getting full authority. It was a standard easy case. They don't need me. There's not much value I can bring. They'll list the house with whoever makes the most cookies. But if your house has to be, if there is, limited authority and you have multiple heirs fighting, you're going to lose a lot of money if you delay things and don't do things properly. And in my experience, most of them have no real clue what they're doing. Now, I don't see it to them, but you know, that's, that's the bottom line. They don't for the most part know what they're doing in the appropriate court. Um, okay, I think you will do. Uh, and if I to mention, it was a reverse mortgage I have natural cause in the property, still sold some days. Yeah, how about that? Now, when you, here's an interesting case. I had a case, Andrea, where um, I called the agent and said, uh, did the deceased die in the property? And the agent said, no. So then we get an escrow and I get the AVID, not the disclosure from the seller, but the the agent's visual inspection disclosure. And it says, the scene died in the house. Well, what? You told me no. Now we're in escrow. The answer is yes to the change. I always ask what's not in the MLS. Usually they'll put, did not die in the house if they know the case. Well, what's the way that you know the answer to the question? How would you be able to? uh prove beyond a shadow of a doubt what the right answer is anybody have a guess here's some training you're not gonna get from anybody else in the business
1: it should be in the mls right aren't we supposed to state that
0: but could the mls be right or could the mls be wrong yeah so my question is how how could you know 100% what the answer is to that question think about it for a second okay Wow, nobody knows. I don't think I have an answer to the chat box. Do we, do we look up um There death, you go. I got an answer. Well, I got two answers. Hold it. Let me be fair here. Maxine and uh, Christiane, Christiane? Uh, both got the right answer. I don't know when you got it. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. On the death certificate, which really is a public record information, which gets filed as part of the probate. So go back to my story. I asked the agent, did they die in the house? No. We get an escrow. I get the disclosure. Died in the house. What? My bar says, I don't really care. But can you find out what happened? So, so I, I, we ask for a copy of the death cert. I get the death cert. It says, uh, the scene died at hospital, Kaiser Hospital. It says it right there, black and white. So what's the answer? They die in the house, they die in the hospital. They die in the hospital. So I emailed the agent. I should have said, are you an idiot? Are you stupid? I could have said... What's wrong with you? If I did it, I'm polite. I say, excuse me, I know your sure. avid says they died in the house. But the death cert, the public record information that's certified by the County of Los Angeles and filed to the court says they died of Kaiser.
2: The agent would have sued you for defamation for calling him an idiot.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you can't get sued for defamation if it's true.
1: But it's and true, she, but still. She is, she is demonstrably <laughs>
0: an, an idiot. She is an <laughs> idiot. So I I, will, I would win that case. <laughs> so here's the point is that we as I think that goes back to pretending you know more than you do. Don't answer your question you'll know the answer to. And if you do in probate court, question. you have to get a copy of the death certificate. Yes, question.
2: So it takes some time, a few weeks or so, to receive the death certificate. What if you, not in this scenario, but what if you place the property for sale like right away and you don't have the death certificate
0: well I mean, in a probate case you from... going to have letters of approval for 30 days so it's not going to be that
2: fast. oh okay well yeah in, in a probate scenario i got it i got it okay
0: yeah, yeah. and you're, you're death you can sure it's also a-
2: request a copy from your clients you can request it from the attorney you can request it from your clients it's list.
1: it's list. go, to, go yeah.
0: ahead bill it's also online on the file. It's also yeah. online. Yeah. but people, but when people pass, they expect it. they need it for the mortuary. They need it for the bank. Like they, people know they need to get the death cert. When you, unfortunately, when the pass, the person passes, the, they, they, you get the death certificate. That people know, the professionals who are in charge of giving you the death certificate know to give you certified copies and ask you how many you want, and they, they make that happen. So anyhow. Okay, so see death cert. Thank you. Is a trust sale on the realtor's end any different from a regular sale? Maxine asked the question, is a trust sale different? So a trust is an entity that can own property as opposed to an individual, right? A trust is an entity that can own property. So if I own property and for whatever reasons, personal tax wise, I want to put it in a trust, or me and my wife, or me and my wife, and my daughter, or me and ten thousand people, put it in the trust. There's an entity called the trust. The question is, who has the authority to make the decisions for the trust? And that's what it has to be in writing. And then it has to be to a standard that the title company will accept in order to make the transaction. Generally speaking, when they put it in the trust, there's somebody who signs as the trust as the trustee and that same person is around still, they can sign the documents as a trustee and the title company will accept it. So the answer is generally trust sales no different than a regular sale. Occasionally there's problems with the trust. Trust is lost, trust the original trustee's passed, who's the successor trustee. Sometimes the trust will name the successor and that one's passed, or that person doesn't wanna be involved anymore So that's where trust can be a little more complicated, but in general, 99% of the time, a trust sale is no different than a regular sale. It's only different when it goes to court because there's something different. So in probate court, we often get trust sales that are being litigated because the original trustee was dad and then dad passed and it was a son. The son passed and now nobody knows who it is or the son says it was him, but he doesn't have the paperwork. That's where it goes to court and becomes a whole big thing. Or um, something I'm not, I'm not. And then Nita I'll also you the answer, just to it thank you. And Etienne as well, just bit, thank you. Um, what about the name on the forms? Do you include the trust name on the, uh, on the name? So Max, you are talking about on the offer, when you write an offer, right? You can look at public records and put the name of the trust there as a listing agent For the listing documents, you put the name of the trust and then you have a person who has a signing authority on behalf of the trust. And there's a form, as realtors, we have a a special form that says, this is the trust and I'm the authority and here's why I'm the authority. And yes or no, the documents proving that are attached. That's the RCSD, the Representative Capacity uh, Signature Disclosure Form. So when you're on the buyer side, you don't need to worry about that, but you need them to give you back proof that whoever says they're signing for the trust is in fact. So they should respond back with that form. And it should say the Bill and Joe, Joe trust and I'm the trustee, my name is Bob or whatever the truth is, or it's a corporation, whoever is in charge. So um, to, I don't know if that answered your question, uh, Maxine, but um, is there any more to it than that?
2: Hey Bill, is the RCSD,
0: is that a CAR form? Yeah, California Association of Realtors, or CAR, uh, provides forms in our zip forms, standard forms. And if you look on the purchase agreement form, at the very bottom where the buyer signs, there's a checkbox, you will say, are you uh, one or more of the signers is signing any representative capacity? Attached RCSD-B. So if your buyer is buying as an LLC or a trust, they should check the box and complete the form. On the seller side, on the next page, I think it's page 11, next to the seller signature is the box that says, one or more signers is signing in a representative capacity, attached is RCSD-S for the seller version. And then the proper formats to click the box and to fill out the form and attach it back with the documents. That's in California, but... Okay, yes, great, good. Any other questions, challenges, problems? We have a few more minutes left. It's been a fun time today. Was helpful today, we learned some stuff. We got a little in the weeds today, didn't we? A little deep down the weeds and a little realtor-ish. Normally you have more investors and uh, wholesalers, but uh, glad to, to get involved. Any questions, challenges, problems? Last chance, free coaching.
2: I do have something. Let's go, Nina. Um, so I had a listing appointment yesterday with uh, uh, an heir, and you'll understand why I put that in quotes, of someone who passed. It's nowhere in records anywhere because there's no petition been filed. He found me online and I helped him, brought value. And then he's like, built rapport. And he's like, come and take a look at these properties. So with all that said, looked at the properties, there would be great listings. Um, One of them has a, may have a title fraud issue with a previous wife and all this stuff. But outside of that, it would be a great opportunity. Then, but in meeting with him and, you know, I was with him for a while and we went to all three properties. um, It was when we were at the second one that. You know i told him i said you really just need to go ahead and petition as soon as possible he doesn't want his sister to petition for it doesn't feel comfortable with her being the petitioner and other issues and so i said you really want to do that well he says well you know i was adopted and my name on my birth certificate is not my dad's name so i don't know if i'd be able to prove it's me and i said well you're just gonna have to get your birth certificate documents He says, like, i hope i can find those And of course, his dad's apart, his dad lived in his triplex, in his own triplex, but the other units were vacant. And it's got stuff everywhere. And the sister took all the files away. So anyway, he says, I'm not sure, I'll have to find him." And for me, it was a bit of a red flag because he also had a felony many years ago that he said wasn't even his fault. He was wrongly accused. Which you can, by the way, for anyone who needs to know, in California, you can still petition the court to be the personal representative, even if you have a felony. Um, the court still has the right to approve who's going to be the petition, the personal representative, but you can. Um, but anyway, those are all the red flags. So I'm questioning if this guy might be a scammer or not. He had keys, we had access to the house. I did look him up, and I did some, you know, checking. He does seem to be connected to the the decedent. Have you ever run into anything like that where you're dealing with someone who's really potentially a scammer trying to get over and become the petitioner, for the personal representative for a probate that they have no business on?
0: Welcome to my world.
2: <laughs> right and, for the words, and- but it really is like. My red flag, I'm I've got the eagle eye red flags going up and I'm like sure. kosher
0: here. Sure. It, it, I mean for, for those of you who aren't in probate, isn't this interesting? This is why I do it. Like yeah. this is just interesting to me. I don't know. It's uh, I know it'd be nice to sell a two million dollar house in Brentwood and, and put out the coffee and the uh and the little cookies and all that stuff, but and get it sold. But I find this way more interesting personally. You know, um I try to be very non judgmental. Because the same person who looks like a scammer but is not, you know, maybe he's had to scam everything else the rest of his life and is suffering financially and this is their solution. I've, I've had clients, I can think of one in particular, I met a court, she clearly was a meth user or whatever you wanna call it, meth addict. Um, I mean, everything about her look or her, her physical characteristics, the house was like, a, I mean, I didn't go to the house, I had one of my, team members handle that part. Um, and, but along the way, you know, she kept, you know, we never quite disqualified her from being legit till the very end where she came up with a document that proved she was an heir. And um, we helped her. We've her some funds for attorney's fees because she needed an attorney. She couldn't fill out anything on her own, but we got, we got enough information to get the attorney to say, I'm in. And, um, and then we uh, got enough information to get her to be the, executive tricks i guess is the technical term and um not that she tricked anybody but she would try um and it worked out so i'd say to you yeah i mean you have to be careful you do not put yourself in a bad position um but you know there's a lot of people suffering in los angeles i can't solve all of them but that lady but for me would be homeless today
2: yeah it's you know he says he owns his his house outright nickel park he owns his car Um, and you know, then he said that he does, he's, he does his side hustles to make money. He basically breeds Bengal cats. Um, and I mean, it just seemed like a lot of little red flags to me that I was like, is this guy for real? But at the same time, you know, we got along really well, but he told his kind of sobby story. So it just kind of, there was a lot of flags to me that were like, maybe you're not on the up and up here. I mean, And the other thing of the, is that early on in the conversation, we were sitting at the kitchen table. He said, well, maybe you could be my petitioner. And that was like, oh, heck no. <laughs> Have you ever asked anybody to be, has anybody ever asked you to be their petitioner?
0: Yeah, and, and I wouldn't do it. I think that um, there's um, attorneys were glad to take the double fee. Uh, the attorneys were glad to ride along with another attorney. Uh, and they work out money between them, and uh, and as long as they're bringing value to that, I think that's fine. But no, I would I wouldn't do that. I, I yeah. mean, I can't list the property if I do that. That's my business, right? Exactly. So I, I don't want to be in that role. I tell him I'm not. I'm, I I would have a conflict of interest. But I know somebody who can help you if that's what you want to do. And, so and yeah, you know, I, I trust
2: referred him. him to two of the best attorneys, and and that's going to be a follow up to him because he's kind of on a. It's like. It takes a minute to get to him, but I wanted to just kind of say, I'm not going to be that. You know, it's a conflict of interest. Have your attorney be your petitioner. So,
0: yeah. And they get this view for that. <coughs> Look, those guys, you need to take them by the hand to the attorney. Yep. And they really, need, yeah. They need that kind of, you know, that's what we had with this lady. We ended up delivering every document, getting her signed, everything. And it costs a little more, but, you know, uh, at the end of the day, she got uh, $800,000 house or $600,000 house. So, <laughs> Great. Well, thank you. Nina. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Trust me, verify. But I would, I would go with because I just find that interesting. I, I, I find it like a puzzle. If you solve it at the end, I, I always want to know what's the real story at the end. I want to know either he is a scam artist or he's legitimate. One or the other. I can't stand not knowing. It just drives me nuts.
2: Yeah. Well, I actually, I asked him for a sister's information because I said, I want to check with her to see if she's actually preparing to petition. He's like, but I don't want her to know it's me that gave you her contact information or I'm like, okay, I'll wait. Why don't you petition first? And then I looked up her sis, his sister. And there's another agent who's actually out of my brokerage. That is a friend of hers um, on Facebook. So I was like, Maybe she's already ready to like she's doing some other things right now before she's ready to sell. So anyway, okay, interesting story.
0: Well, good luck with that. <coughs> Please come back and tell us the end of the story. That's always fascinating stuff to know. I, I will. Great.
3: Any other questions? Hey, questions? Bill. Um, I do have a question actually. Uh, yeah, I, John, what's up? Hey. Good. Uh, a realtor here. And I have a, a question. I have a, a listing, actually, quite similar to the last experience where uh, the seller, he's actually um, uh, he he quick claimed the the property into his name um, through through his POA uh, that he has uh, for his uh, incapacitated parents. And so we're looking to list the property, but um, I'm being advised that he doesn't have um no uh, legal title on the property there. So uh, we're running into some issues. So I'm not sure if uh, maybe he needs to go through um, uh, the courts. Cause again, his, his dad is incapacitated. His mother's deceased. They were both on title. He quit claiming them off using his power of attorney, uh, which uh, I think is a, uh, a breach of that power of attorney. But um, so we're running into some issues here.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. I kind of got lost a little bit. So <clears throat> the son had a power of attorney and deeded off the, both parents? That's and, correct. And deeded the property to himself? That's correct. My guess is those power attorneys were not done with what are called insured transactions, meaning he didn't refinance the property. There's been no title insurance since he's done that, correct?
3: That's correct. That's correct.
0: Yeah. So the question is, does he own the property or not? And then the second question is, well, you can own the property legally, but can you transfer it or not? And the parents are both deceased?
3: Um, one is, and then the other is incapacitated. They has, he has a dementia. Uh,
0: how long, the, the power of attorney, uh, how long was it before she became, uh, before she had dementia? Um,
3: great question. I have to look at the dates on that.
0: Mm-hmm. And he he as an individual power of attorney and then deed the property to himself, or he had power of attorney and deed it to a trust or some sort of entity.
3: So he deeded it to us himself, actually, not to a trust or an LLC or anything.
0: Yeah, that's that's gonna be hard to make stand up. But so what happens is this power of attorney, you're supposed to act on behalf of the people you're acting, you have a fiduciary responsibility for the people you're attorney for.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so <clears throat> the um, the problem is going to be why did the mother and father deed the property to him? He acted as power of attorney, but they're the ones deeding it. Why did they give the property? Did he sell it? Did they? Did he give them money in exchange for that?
3: Hmm. Um, no, I don't think so. I think that... Um,
0: if, if it's just him stealing mm-hmm. the property by using mm-hmm. the power of attorney, then that's going to be a difficult transaction to get tile insurance for when it comes time to sell it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what happens is those kind of guys will sell it to some unknowing investor. They'll say, I have the, I have right here, the deed and, and the property's worth $500,000. Give me 300,000 cash. And it's yours. The mm-hmm. problem is that when you go to sell the property to somebody else, you expect to give tile insurance.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If you refinance the property, you tile insurance. And it about yeah, yeah, deed. those deeds don't make sense and they're not insured mm-hmm. and um, we have a problem. And uh, you got to go to probate court to resolve that. There'll be a petition, mm-hmm. in a probate court to determine if she's alive, then she has a, 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 a conservatorship to mm-hmm. be appointed for her to maybe contest the uh, the deed. Uh, the court would appoint one. So it's going to be a lot of legal fees and such. So um that's a complicated matter. That um, so is he your prospective client or the he, he is. Yes. I would say that's something you should take to an attorney that's experienced in probate, specifically probate litigation, and have them evaluate. And I, what I do, what I, the value I bring with that, Jan, is I get all the documents together, and I summarize the issue, and give that to the attorney. So he's looking at the issue with the documents. Doesn't have to do the research. Mm-hmm. some attorneys will charge for a consult. If you give them business, some will, will work on it for free. And of course, if, if the solution is probate court, uh, sometimes they'll do it for free. That's the way they generate some business for themselves, which is understandable. So I'd be glad to work on a little more detail if you want. If you don't know anybody that fits all that criteria, if you do, then I'd say, I'd get an attorney to look at it, whether you have to pay them some money or you know beg somebody to look at it for you and and get a plan
3: of action together okay yeah that's helpful
0: if okay, I can thank help, you if i'm flying to reach out to me i'd be glad to maybe hook you up with a attorney do some research we could partner on the deal maybe I'd be glad to walk you through the steps how i would handle that if you're interested okay certainly cool um what else no other questions we're kind of coming up in the hour i gotta jump off for five o'clock so a couple things i want to say um uh, I do a call every Tuesday at 3 o'clock yep. that is a, um, a real estate investment focused. Wholesaler, investors, uh, of course, agents are welcome to come on there as well. If You have a property to pitch, not on the MLS. So if you're an off-market property, or you have something under contract, you want to pitch it on Tuesday, send it to ahead of time. I'm glad to present it and try to help you sell the property online with that. That's Tuesday at 3 o'clock. If you text uh, to Bill Gross, uh, text good stuff to the number, you'll get back that list and it will have the, uh, the meetings they have on, the, on that as well. Also next week, if you're interested, um, um, mm-hmm. if you're a real estate agent and wanna learn commercial real estate, EXP is having a week long commercial convention, including a certification as part of the process for free. I have a couple of free tickets. So if you're interested in that, text me or email me offline. I'd be glad to talk to you about that a little further. Lastly-
2: About that bill.
0: Let's talk about that Nina, uh, I'll yeah. find you about that. Um, and then lastly, uh, if you're a wholesaler probate, a wholesaler or investor, um, um, normally I don't present other people's programs unless I really vet them. One of my longtime friends and former coaching client, personality Tyrek El Musa, Tyrek El of Flipper Flop TV is having a, a Saturday um, wholesale probate um program normally it's about 400 bucks i have some a link to it for 97 dollars. it's about six hours of material that i think will be great it's not everything soup to nuts but it's a great start for that money obviously he has a coaching business and company that he can help if you want to go further but i think for 97 dollars, you get a lot of value from one day with one of the top um wholesaler flippers in southern california and really around the country so if you're interested in that text me email me as well so that's it. Thank you very much for being on the call today. I appreciate everybody, all your participation. Nina, as always. Andrea, thank you. Christian, thank you as well. Joanne, uh, Dion, thank you. If I forgot anybody,
1: thank you for your help, uh, Maxine. And we'll have a great week and we'll get together next week, okay?